Welcome, everyone, to episode one of Get Out of My Head, a Stay Woke podcast series. My name is Bianca. And my name is Maliha, and we are your co-founders of Stay Woke. So a little bit about us. We are both students at McMaster University. I'm currently going to my second year of health sciences, and Malia is going to her second year of kinesiology. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't actually know that we're both in science majors, (laughs) lol this girl <laughs> literally wrote lol in the okay, script like, what do you mean you wrote it <laughs> i actually wrote well it's the vibe like i don't know okay 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 fine yeah and if you guys have any questions about mac or university especially since there are no open houses right now Um, don't be afraid to reach out to either one of us. Now, I'm sure if you guys have stumbled upon this podcast, you already have a pretty good idea of what Stay Woke is and what we do. To give you a quick background, we are a youth nonprofit organization and we focus on hosting initiatives and events that cater towards the intersection of social justice and change and creative mediums. And if you guys want to learn more about us and the background behind our story, there's also more information available on our site and our Instagram. Um, at Stay Woke Event and www.staywokeevent.com. Mm-hmm. And so I guess with that said, you might be wondering why we're doing a podcast um, initiative now. Well, partly because Malia finally convinced me. <laughs> um, she loves podcasts. You guys, it took me, it took me yeah, months. Yeah, it did. And then also, I guess, because our own experiences have led us to realize that as youth, as people, we make a million excuses not to do something. And we're often roadblocked by the fear of acknowledging Mm. our own thoughts. And I'm sure nearly everybody can kind of relate to that. Yeah, for sure. I feel like when we see so many amazing people like our own age doing some great things, we only actually get to see Mm -hmm. their final product, like their great Instagram page or YouTube channel or whatever it is. Yeah. We don't actually get to see the barriers and self-journey that they were on to get there. So we want to have those honest and raw conversations with these youth who are focused on creativity, creating change, or the intersection of both. And hence the name of this podcast, Get Out of My Head. We kind of named it that because we truly want Mm. to get into the minds of these creative, talented um, youth, almost like a behind the scenes. The background, quick background on that name, we actually held a contest with our volunteer team to see who came up with the best name. So it actually wasn't us. It was our team. It's both from them. (laughs) But yeah, to outline this first episode, it's called Seven Things You Never Knew About Stay Woke. And we want to open this podcast up with an episode about ourselves because I guess that's who we know best. Mm, This is kind of a chance for us to basically be honest and um, truthful with you guys about our journey to where we are. Basically like spilling the tea in a sense (laughs) and answering some questions about the organization that you guys asked on our Instagram. So I guess let's just hop right into it then. So for the first question... How did Stay Woke come to be? 
Uh, we get this one a lot, and I feel like the about page on our site maybe doesn't do the story justice. So we'll give you guys the tea behind it here. Yeah. So quick overview, I guess. Um, we became friends in grade eleven. However, we had kind of different paths that drove us to the point of creating mm. Stay Woke. So I guess I'll just begin with my journey. Um, Growing up, I've always been super passionate about social justice and advocacy. If you know me, you know that that is who I am. Um, A lot of that came from my love of reading and learning about the world around me. And that, to be honest, is really accredited to my mom. She had this rule where, where I wasn't allowed to read the pink sparkly books as she put it um i had to choose the books with the plain brown boring and more subtle covers because those are what she said had the best stories so while every other girl my age was reading what was it my my dear dumb diaries pink spark you mean the rainbow magic (laughs) series yeah oh my god like i could not tell you a single thing about those books um So in elementary school, I was reading stories about the Armenian genocide, sex slavery in the U.S., and every other part of the world that the U.S. has stuck their noses into. Yeah, so average topics for the 10-year-old child. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it it was so incredibly heavy, but in a way, it really broadened my perspective of the world, and it fueled this passion. And I remember as a kid feeling angry, actually, that no one else around me knew about these crazy things that were happening. Um, my And my form of advocacy was through writing. I had this blog in grade five. It's still out there. If anybody can find it, it's on WordPress. Um, and once I got into high school, I started to explore other forms of advocacy. So my first exposure to spoken word was actually in grade 12 at Culture Fest. Yes. I'm snapping right now for you. <laughs> but throughout high school, I felt this same anger and frustration that I felt as a kid, but now it was geared towards my personal struggle and trying to shift the narrative in in our in our circles. And I found it crazy that the norm in a, was in a way um, more hidden and, and subtle locker room talk now. The, the norm nowadays is sending derogatory messages about girls in these huge group chats. I mean, just look at the news. It's being exposed now more, but that sort of stuff has has been going on since before we were in middle school so it's not yeah exactly um so that that really fueled my passion and i found stay woke as a good way to redirect that anger and passion and i guess make it more useful i think a lot of people can relate to that and relate to the fact that anger is such a strong um emotion really and the best way to use that is to use it constructively through, I guess, initiatives like Stay Woke and performances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a slightly more complicated journey to Stay Woke, I would say. Um, Growing up, I was always surrounded by creativity. I mean, my parents put me in art classes, dance classes, and I loved creative writing, in fact. Um, I even wrote a few picture books (laughs) in my time. And I mean, I loved those forms of expression because I had a lot to say. Alongside this, I also knew that I really wanted to help people and somehow positively impact their lives, and I really wanted to do that through creativity. But growing up, I was also surrounded by people who didn't really have similar 
passions to me or interests as I did. And unfortunately, I wasn't very outspoken or confident because for some reason I was really, really scared of being different. That fear is definitely something that's instilled in every single one of us at some point in our lives, probably even right now. No, yeah, for sure. And for that reason, like in fear of the opinions of others, I moved away from those interests and I didn't really feel comfortable talking about them. And I took that mindset with me all the way to the beginning of high school. But when I got there, I began to meet a lot of people who took pride in their differences and loudly pursued their individual passions and goals that were unique. And somewhere along that road, I kind of realized that the opinions of others didn't matter to me as much. And I started to speak up and speak my opinions a little bit more. And I can't exactly tell you when that realization happened, but I know that it did. Because if it hadn't, I doubt I would have been able to be a part of a movement like Stay Woke, which is something completely different and something that emphasizes the importance of being yourself. And I think that's also why our like tagline, speak your truth, resonates so much with me because I think that a lot of people, especially young people, face this fear of yeah. being iced out when they're being themselves. And I hope that that fear and that trend is something that we're changing through mm. the initiatives of Stay Woke. Listening to that, I think that's super relatable for a lot of us and everyone listening can relate to your journey on some level at least because we've all felt the pressures to conform in social situations at least once in our life and the pressure to alter or even suppress parts oh, of yeah, yourself, for sure. I think. Um, and both of our journeys are different, but but similar in a way. Um, so eventually coming together, we became friends in grade 11. And one day when we were sitting on the floor eating our lunch with our friends, um, we were talking about something. And I don't remember what exactly, but we just thought, hey, how cool would it be to have an open mic and a space where youth like us could speak about things that they're passionate about and have people who cared or or wanted to listen. And of course, you know, our Stay Woke initiatives became more refined since then. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it started as an event where like an organization now. It's so weird to say that. I guess the second thing we can talk about is this is a hard one. What is one fear that you have or had throughout this journey? Um, this is a really scary question. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I think I speak for both of us when I say that one of our biggest fears is the fact that when you put yourself out there and do something that's a little bit different mm. or out of the norm for you, you open yourself up to a lot of oh, potential judgment. Yeah, for sure. I agree. It's been quite exposing, if I'm being honest. It's a, it's a nerve-wracking experience seeing yourself and your words all across social media because... I know that there are definitely people out there who are looking at things that stay woke and like that we do and spreading a lot of hate. Like literally people from our own high school um, when we were starting off created social media accounts to like troll us or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. <laughs> but to contrast that, I remember personally, especially at the beginning, even when people weren't really saying anything negative at all, I tended to assume that they mm. would. And I yeah. think that really reflected the lack of confidence I had in the organization mm -hmm. or in myself. So I think that the important thing to take away from that is that although you're opening yourself up to potential negativity and judgment and all of that other scary stuff, 
you're also growing and you're learning how to be confident in yourself. Yeah, 100%, like living your most authentic life. And it's definitely true because I think we've all learned to deal like how how to deal with hateful comments and learn from the more positive and critical feedback that we get a lot of as well. And those good comments really do get you through the bad moments for sure. And in the end, being vulnerable and being yourself is daunting, but also a beneficial experience, I would say. Well, that was a little bit heavy um (laughs) yeah oh my gosh uh for real though but moving on to number three what is something you dislike about each other um i'm surprised we got asked this um yeah like we were friends when we start i mean we are we are friends (laughs) you heard it here first we were friends we are we were friends okay so first of all if you guys cannot relate to me you might and probably will be able to relate to bianca um because we are polar opposites so for me I am super organized, so my pet peeve is when (laughs) Bianca doesn't read my charts. Um, I'm going to talk about that later. It's a hard-hitting topic for her, guys, (laughs) but I am super organized. Um, I have your plans, all of that stuff. So, Bianca, I would really appreciate it if you could start reading my charts. Um, Actually, I was going to say that... Uh, I hate Malia's charts. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I tried to read them, but I will not learn how to read a Gantt chart. I just won't do it. Oh my HL business. I didn't take HL business. I took history. <laughs> so I won't read a Gantt chart and I won't read your color coordinated. I don't like them. Oh, I love color coordinated. It's just coding. not. I love you it just so do much. too much. You too much. It's so clear. Um, And then I guess the other thing, <laughs> if you ever see a spelling mistake on our story over, oh, or our post, exposing it's you Malia. That. She, for some reason, doesn't yeah. read, right? It's like, she doesn't me. proofread. She just is like, yeah, I'm just going to post this now. And I read it, like, an hour later. I'm like, yo, that's not what that says. And it's too late now, so whatever. <laughs> So I think honestly, like the thing to take away from this question actually is like, we already kind of knew what each other's pet peeves were about each other. And so like the fact that we are pretty candid and we are pretty accepting of our own faults and the other person, like what we may not like about them. Like, I think that's, that's how you kind of ensure that the organization or whatever initiatives you're doing with another person that's you ensure they're like strong and like they run smoothly i like the fourth one actually it's really i think it's really important one what has recruiting a team for the event taught Mm. you first and foremost leadership is hard it's so hard um we both have very different views on like what leadership is our leadership styles are super different and i i think even a lot of us right now like as a leader your job in my opinion is really to motivate your team Mm, right to like see like make them feel comfortable and create like a really stimulating environment where collaboration can take place oh my god i sound like i'm writing like a cover letter but (laughs) it's it's true it's so true you know what though you're right it is hard to stay motivated i feel like for some reason it hits me right like it makes me not really want to do anything for some days and i feel like i'm stuck in this continuous routine that i just can't Mm. get out of and it's not like a healthy routine it's just I think a lot of us are struggling right now to to have the mental capacity to take on stuff. Yeah, and I think it's a mixture of, like, anxiety and stress and also this idea that you have 
all this time and you have to be productive with it and it just like weighs me down at times right and I think like the motivation Mm -hmm. thing for sure like because I can be so unmotivated as a leader I do lack the ability to motivate others like that's something I'm really working on I don't think think that's true I think we share I think you put more exclamation marks when you motivate people I think that's different (laughs) I do I'm definitely less dry (laughs) no but but yeah like you bring up a good point it's hard to motivate people but that's also kind of why even before COVID we actually started one-on-ones basically what they are for some context it's like me Malia and then each individual person on our team we're in a group chat together so it's a group of three people and these kind of create these safe spaces where they're like check-ins. Yeah, they're like check-ins yeah. where we can like check in with them, ask them how they're doing. And hopefully they also feel like it's a safe space to like ask us questions that might otherwise, that they otherwise maybe couldn't ask in like a bigger group chat. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, as somebody who's been on like a large team, I think that that's super important because I know like it can be really, really scary to have to, first of all, make that group chat between you and like a head or a chair mm-hmm. just to ask that question, you know? And so I hope by like, making the group chats for them we've kind of taken away some of that um stress i guess you could say i think it's similar for me i I, the type of leader like i envision i aspire to be is really based on past experiences where i have felt the pressure of having to contribute something on a team or i feel uncertain or i feel like i'm not valued Mm. i guess Mm being on that team so i really want to make sure that we don't have that kind of yeah. culture. like for me corporate like i guess corporate culture like bringing in that hl business like it's really important to have a good culture i completely agree um as a leader something that i've learned with honestly basically no past leadership experience or like i guess leading like true. a team of some sort something that i've learned that i really really value being in that position where you get to facilitate a community and where you get to kind of objectively look at the dynamic within an environment or within that community it's really really important for me as a leader to look at everybody's perspectives and be very empathetic especially when like of course issues and Mm. internal conflicts like they're always going to be rising there's always going to be maybe some uh, lack of communication whatnot between team members and I think as like a leader a big role in that is to listen to all the sides and to be that like middle ground You know, you brought up a really good point. A lot of people don't normally equate leadership with compassion. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's something we have to start doing. I've seen so many young people, and and I'm guilty of this myself, thinking that that leadership is just about telling people what to do, setting deadlines, and holding people accountable to deadlines. Like, it's a lot more than that you have to motivate people to work create a freedom like you need to give people space to breathe you have to be their friend too i think i think it's about like connecting with people on another Mm, level just like you connect with your friends just like you connect with your family you connect with your team because you guys aren't just like working alongside each other you're working with each other and that's you're supporting each other like it's a difference Mm -hmm. like it makes a difference by no means are we experts on leadership we're definitely both learning to be honest and if you guys have any tips please forward them to us because we would love to hear what you guys think we really rambled on for that one a bit yeah these questions just keep getting more and more difficult to answer i feel like because you have to confront so much in yourself yeah i kind of want i kind of want to stop you want to scrap the project (laughs) bianca 
Okay. Okay, so I guess <laughs> then if we have to, then moving on to question number five. Uh, how do you feel about the organization right now, and what are the next steps? Ooh, good question. Oh, thinking about the future scares me. Okay, well, I'll answer it. <laughs> Even though、then. I love planning, <laughs> yeah. I think as soon as the COVID crisis really started to impact our lifestyles here, Malia and I can agree that we were very uncertain. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because we weren't sure if we could have the event. At this point, we have confirmed that we cannot have the event, which is unfortunate.、Mm. But I mean, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, like to be honest, uncertainty. Is something you know we constantly feel. It's always, it's honestly always at the back of our minds. Like I feel like people look at us. Like I've had a lot of people tell me, like you know, like how do you guys do this? And honestly, feel sometimes I have so much self doubt、oh, and、yeah. uncertainty at the back of my mind that is this gonna work or am I? Are they like? Thinking this and this about me, you know, stuff like that.、Mm-hmm. So it's always been there,、um, just not this capacity. And I think everybody can relate to that. There's always some level of uncertainty at the back of your mind. It's just heightened now. Like there have been times where we felt we weren't going to have a venue. We didn't have enough money.、Um, this person wasn't responding. Like just so many things. We could go on and on about that.、Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I feel like you have to put. Trust in yourself, and that's something that's so not easy to do. Trusting yourself, oh for sure. And for me, like putting faith in whatever you have faith in. Like at the end of the day, like whatever happens, happens for a reason. Because like it's okay to feel uncertain, but when that becomes a barrier in your ability to take risks and like keep moving forward,、mm-hmm. that is when you have to address no, it. No, I completely agree with you. I remember though when we found out that we would have to. Cancel it. Like I was really honestly, guys. Like I was pretty discouraged when the event was canceled、mm-hmm. because I felt like that's all we were. Yeah. But but I think that in a weird way, it's allowed us to grow in a sense. Yeah. Because we had one a moment to step back and really look at what we wanted from the organization. And number two, I mean, our team created some amazing, amazing new projects, and I think like. At this point, Molly, I think you and I can both agree that we were both like upset about it, but、uh, mm-hmm. our team was upset about it too. But we all took it in stride, as everybody around us is also doing. We're just、mm-hmm. kind of trying to move forward and trying to adapt as different circumstances arise. We're not alone in the struggle, essentially, right? No, no. And I mean, like right now, what are we working on exactly? We got. I'm actually kind of excited because、yeah. we have a lot of cool new things, like our youth album、oh, yeah. just recently launched.、Mm-hmm. We're launching this podcast. We got a couple more things in the works, so it's exciting and it's forcing us to take a new perspective. Yeah, which is what we're all about, anyways.、Right? <laughs> yes. So、um, we are going to move on to the next question. How did your parents react to the idea of stay woke? My parents would have been scared because of its relation to politics.、Mm. I was kind of surprised when I saw this question. I guess because I can't relate. Because my parents, we like my family. We love politics. <laughs> we love controversial things. But our parents are kind of like our backbones, to be honest, in this whole journey. Because,、mm-hmm. you know, we have their support, and through every challenge we go through, every hurdle we have to overcome. Of course, we have our self doubt, but at the end of the day, like having your parents' support、um, and knowing that they're there to catch you if you fall is really important. It's really it helps you get through a lot of things. Even like 
mental blockages. Having their input really help, has helped guide our organization. We, we go through this really intense process for any project we've ever launched, even this podcast. It, we have like three stages. The first stage is okay. us really going with it, being super passionate, running on adrenaline, but at the same time, we're very narrow focused and we don't think about a lot of factors. And then when we stop and we self-evaluate, we look back at what we've done so far and we're like, you know, we're very critical of our work. And that's where we realize we, we nitpick our flaws, which is good, but also mm-hmm. sometimes it's excessive. And I feel like the second stage is us kind of going to this deep rabbit hole with all these like twists and turns we're just digging and digging for looking for something right and it's a mm-hmm. really it's it engulfs you that feeling it's it's super overwhelming like I myself I know I get really stressed and I start making my lists and trying to like relieve that that <laughs> feeling because it's not it's like a built-up <laughs> pressure and then when you finally hit rock bottom it's the third stage and you kind of look up and you're like you recollect you pull yourself together with the help of people like our parents and refocus Mm -hmm. and when you look up and you see the light that is when you keep going and that's when we get the final outcome that we're proud of that's kind of like every single process ever for us (laughs) and I think without um, our parents support and like even the feedback and stuff that they give us a lot of the projects that we take on would not be half of what um, they are Um, and in terms of like the political aspect of it I mean in my mind at least when we started like social issues was stay woke and politics was like completely separate from it because personally I was really um, afraid of politics like to me uh, I really thought of politics as the mainstream way that media represents it which is like I don't know in my head it was like a lot of drama a lot of just like white men in suits talking about issues that don't even relate to I was just like I don't I don't even care for politics like that is not anything that has nothing to do with the stuff I'm advocating for and like the fact that I want to help people but as I've really um, learned a little bit more about advocacy and social justice and stuff I've realized that politics goes hand in hand with social change because like I mean all of your actions are political in a sense and I and mean, your politics, inactions, your actions and your inactions. Yeah, that is true. And um, politics is actually, it's like a background noise to nearly every mm, sector of life. That's a good way to put it. And it's not as dramatic as the media represents it all the time, you know? And for that reason, I think it's become a little less daunting to yeah. me. And I think that's something that like, in general, once people understand that it is just kind of a background to everything, like it becomes a little less scary. Okay, so next and final question. Um, What tips do you have for other youth who wish to start a project or organization? Mm, This is a really broad question. (laughs) I've got a lot of tips. And it's a good question, I think. A good, like, summary of everything. I would say the first one is learn to build community Mm, and make sure you prioritize that. Mm -hmm, Because a strong community and like community connections are a critical part in organizational and like self growth. Yeah, especially as well. in our own journey. Like I'm thinking about it and making those connections with other youth organizations and leaders. It just with even even within the Peel region, and now we're even extending a bit to BC. It's it's been super beneficial and helping each other out mm-hmm. and supporting each other's initiatives is so important. Mm-hmm. And especially after a 2019 event, that was a mm-hmm. huge step and oh, a huge gosh. risk that we took when we delegated to city council 
Um, (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we delegated to them with the requests for funding and overall Mm. support for our events. And I still remember us during reading week walking into this huge council like the huge council chambers we were super nervous (laughs) i was like i'm sure you were too super unsure i had to pee really badly i remember that literally and it was like Mm. eight in the morning and we didn't realize that it would take more than (laughs) an hour so i remember like i was starving and i was half asleep and i was like malia do you have anything to eat in your purse yeah and there were so many Mm. older people with so much experience delegating that like it made us nervous and really made us yeah. doubt ourselves for a second. Oh god, I was terrified. Um but you know like after we presented the entire room full of city councilors and city staff were actually actually like so shook. I, I feel like they didn't expect such a strong and, and purposeful presentation because... No, for sure. And I think it's tough because we're youth especially. Yeah, of course. Like, One of the biz- biggest examples that we've seen where people really often underestimate youth and I feel like ultimately what impressed them was our confidence going in there and, you know, asking directly for what we wanted, which kind of was really scary to do and after a presentation we were like flooded with business cards for of so many like community members who just wanted to help us out mm-hmm. and I think that's a great that was a great learning experience and like a prime example of if you put yourself mm. out there and take that risk like even as youth you have like a voice and you know yeah. like people are willing to help you out and would love to support you in a lot yeah. of cases So the second point, perseverance and resilience, which I think is a common Mm -hmm. theme we saw even in the first point. You know, there's going to be a lot of challenges you face, but the biggest challenge for us so far has been the process of constantly Mm -hmm. learning. Yeah, we're learning how to, for example, facilitate a safe and motivating environment with our volunteers Mm. and with our speakers and all of those um, people, especially because, like we said before, yeah. Stay Woke Test is all about a positive and good community. Yeah, communication for sure. And it, it seems like such a mundane thing to say, like, oh, mm-hmm. facilitating a motivating environment. But honestly, that was something we faced some challenges with. And back when things weren't even mm-hmm. online, problem solving during events like, oh my gosh, Bianca, do you remember when we had to, when I had to drive across town? <laughs> oh, Yes. That was really upsetting and kind of funny. Literally, guys, two hours before our 2019 event, we were missing some HDMI cord and there was only one store who had it. So two hours before my (laughs) own event, like I'm literally stressed and sweating and I'm driving Mm -hmm. across town in rush hour to get this. And it was just stressful. Yeah, it was so stressful. The rest of our team, they they like to say we have um, chaotic energy. Yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so we get a lot of that, but you just have to go with the flow Mm -hmm. and keep Mm -hmm. taking risks because they definitely pay off for For the most part. And I think that concludes that. We could honestly write a whole essay on that. <laughs> For but sure. If you made it to the end of this podcast, congratulations. Yay. We know at the end of the day, we could not have gotten this far without the support of our volunteers, people like you, and our community. If we were to answer these questions again in a few weeks, months, or even years, like I guarantee you, our answers would be different. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And so. Um, On that note, in our next couple of episodes, we hope to get into the minds Mm. of some pretty, some other pretty interesting youth and organizations that I think all of us can learn something from. And we're really excited to go on this journey and learn to be more vulnerable and more honest um, in general. And we hope that you guys uh, reflect on this as well. 
And I guess uh, we hope to yeah. see you all next time on Don't this Stay Woke podcast, Get Out of My Head. Yeah.